welcome to episode 24 of the Shanna Plan. My name is Kyle Posey. I am joined by my buddy Akash. We are a couple weeks into this and the rumors are just getting more and more out of control, I guess is the best way to say it. Akash, what's going on, man? How you doing? What's up, Kyle? Yeah, man. Out of control would be like an understatement. I feel like there's just there's just leaks coming out from every angle and everyone's, you know, trying to dissect like what the news is and who's trying to leak what. And uh, it's the best time of the offseason. And especially with all the trades and people wanting out and all that kind of stuff. Since the last time we spoke, Matthew Stafford and the Lions have mutually parted ways. And naturally, the 49ers are tied to them. Dan Celio actually tweeted on Tuesday that the 49ers are his top preference. He also tweeted Saturday that he was the, the initial person to sort of break the news. And he also said that, you know, the 49ers are engaged in talks with Matt Stafford. Um, since then as well, Aaron Rodgers has said that he wants out of Green Bay. And then he said he does not want out of Green Bay. So that's kind of gone back and forth. That's been fun. He did not stand by his words. Shocker. How do you feel about players being open at the mic when it comes to just post-game pressers? Yeah. So, so first the Matt Stafford thing, I have a funny story. So I was golfing on, when was it Saturday when the Matt Stafford stuff broke, it was like the one day the weather was decent here. So I'm like, let me go play golf. So I'm standing like the middle of the fairway and my phone's buzzing and it's because Stafford requested a trade and I'm out like on my phone, like screwing around. So terrible time for Stafford to request a trade. The one time I'm like away from my phone and some news breaks, but I actually kind of like it. I like that players are open, that they're using their voices and their platforms to describe how they feel. The one problem is, especially in the Aaron Rodgers case, is that you know, he just lost a really emotional game against right. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, a game that he probably should have won. You know, he's now one in four in NFC championship games. And so his emotions kind of got the best of him. And he was a little drama queen-ish with what he had to say. And then, you know, he probably, you know, got some sleep and he's gotten over it a little bit. And now a couple of days later, he kind of has backtracked with what he said. So that's how it kind of felt. But I do appreciate that these guys are being – you know, more upfront and not giving the Russell Wilson just usual PR uh, type BS. I wonder how much of that was his PR person saying, "Hey, man, let's throw some water on this fire. We don't need we don't need that right now." Of all the things that we're about to deal with, you know, second guessing the coaching and whatnot. But I I love it, man. I I think that it's first of all it's football and we have to factor in human emotion yeah. and after three hours of somebody trying to take your head off you should be able to tell us how you feel so no problems with that no qualms with that at all so aside from that obviously there's still the Deshaun Watson thing floating nobody knows where he's gonna go uh, there was a story that came out over the weekend where it seemed like Houston sent this guy some information everybody took it like oh the, the Texans and or sorry the Dolphins and the Jets are the most interested teams when um, they just have the most to offer that's pretty I mean you don't need to be <laughs> yeah, you don't need to, to be an expert to deduce that, that, that that's what they were trying to do. So uh, still have those going around. And as long as those rumors are alive, as long as those quarterbacks aren't going anywhere, the 49ers are likely going to be tied to them. So the 49ers signed Jeff Wilson Jr. to a one-year deal. We don't have any, uh, we don't have the contract, the money on that just yet. It's more than likely going to be, you know, one year, 3.2 million. I think that's what Matt Breida made last year so he will not 
be the for the team will not be able to do this again next year because Jeff Wilson Jr. is an unrestricted free agent in 2022. But he had a good year, man. Over 600 yards rushing. He was productive when he was on the field, and I think just he's going to be a good, solid RB two. Well, would you feel about? Do you have any any take on signing Jeff Wilson Jr.? I thought it was important. I mean, yeah. they've only got Raheem Mostert and Jamichael Hasty under contract. Hasty ended the season with an injury, and he didn't really play much. Moster obviously has been, you know, was banged up a lot. And there's just this concern of, okay, can he stay healthy if you were to give him true, you know, workhorse uh, type, you know, carries. And you look at the numbers Jeff Wilson put up last season and I'm pulled up here. And I think you hit on this. He had 400 yards after contact last season, at, you know, 600 rushing yards, which is insane. So he was getting er hit early and he was still making the most out of it. Uh, had, I think, 13 missed tackles. He had 17 runs that went for more than 10 yards. Uh, he led the 49ers in success rate uh, at 53%, uh, which was better than Ricky Mostert's. So he was arguably their most consistent running back. Obviously, he had those two huge games against New England and Arizona. And I told you this before we hit record. I think he's going to out-snap Raheem Mostert next season. I just don't know if Mostert can stay healthy. Um, and I just think uh, Wilson gives you more in the pass game than Mostert does. So I just think that diversity, I think he's going to outsnap him and actually gain a bigger contract uh, next the year after this one. That is a fun talking point because Mostert talent, there's no denying it. He's probably the fastest person in the NFL. So in this specific scheme, he's going to have the big play, but on like a down to down basis. And that's where success rate factors in. It is tough to be down on Wilson. I tweeted that I think he has the best vision on the team. I mean, outside of that, with what the 49ers do, they're an outside zone team. They're a wide zone team. Most are, or sorry, Wilson Jr. averaged 4.6 yards rushing off tackle. He averaged 5.4 yards per carry outside of the tackle. He averaged three point yard or sorry, three yards after contact, which is nuts. Every time he's touching the ball, he's getting three extra yards of contact. He also broke a tackle on 10% of his runs, which is in the top 25 among all running backs. And 61% of his receptions went for first down. So that's only eight out of 13. But as you said, like he should be involved more in the passing game. So moving forward, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of fascinated to see how it works out next year because I think Mostert is the RB1, but if he's RB1, Wilson Jr. is probably 1B. I don't know if we should say they're 2B. And as much as we complained last year about Mostert, you know, should be the guy, they should give him more touches. I think what we saw this year is give, you know, Wilson Jr. deserves touches. He deserves carries. And that's probably why they signed him. But unrestricted free agent in 2022. So he's going to go somewhere if it's not with the 49ers. But you also kind of forget how young he is. He was just drafted in 2018. He's going to go into his fourth fourth year right now, which it feels like he's been around forever, but he really hasn't. So um, just Nick Mullins, go ahead. He just turned 25. So he feels a lot older than he is just because he's been with the team for a while. He does. No, that's a good way to put it. And, and especially, you know, undrafted free agent. So we have more exposure to him, but um, all right, moving on, Nick Mullins. He did not need Tommy John surgery, which is great news. So the, Mike Garofalo reported from the NFL Network that Nick Mullins should be ready for training camp. Nick Mullins is a restricted free agent. So he just because he'll be ready for training camp doesn't mean he'll be ready for 49ers training camp. 
their current quarterbacks on the roster, Jimmy Garoppolo, Josh Johnson. That is all. Not Josh Rosen, not Nick Mullins, not C.J. Beathard. Do you think Mullins is on the roster come training him? Uh, I think so. So restricted free agent, you'll have to tender him. If you told me before 2020, you might have had to tender him maybe with like a third round tender or something pretty high just because his value seemed a lot higher last season going into last season. And then he got to play a lot. And we were talking about this. It's the Kyle Shanahan quote from after the season where, you know, uh, where he was talking about the longevity of backups, right? You know, backups that don't play as much are hidden quote unquote, and they last longer in the NFL versus backups that get in and play. They get exposed because they're just not as talented. They're backups for a reason. So, you know, now after the season, especially with the injury, Mullins' arm strength was never, you know, one of his strong suits. And now after this elbow injury, you just don't know what that's going to be like. So I still think he's going to be back just because he's a restricted free agent. I think he, you can bring him back on a cheap-ish deal and right. keep him on the roster just because Beathard, uh, unrestricted free agent. Maybe you bring in Josh Rosen to compete. I know the 49ers like that four quarterbacks going into training camp. So I could see a room with like, you know, an established starter, whether that's Garoppolo, Stafford, Watson, whatever. And then like Rosen, you know, Mullins and like Josh Johnson or something like that. What about you? Yeah. I'm curious to see that. I, I don't know why they would bring Mullins back just based on what we've seen. And first of all, we've spent more time than any team. I imagine talking about quarter backup quarterbacks. So if we could spend, you know, 92%, 95% talking about what happens on the field and the rest of talking about just players and banner like we're doing now, as opposed to like 20% of the time, which is what I, it felt like we spent talking about the backup quarterbacks. I would say that neither CJ Beathard or Mullins comes back. I think it's going to be Josh Johnson. I think it's going to be then, you know, Garoppolo, as you mentioned, Garoppolo, Watson, Stafford, whoever. And then I think it's going to be somebody else, like somebody that's not on the roster. And that'll be probably a camp arm. They probably won't make it, but I think it's time to turn the page. And I think Kyle accepts that. And he's going to probably kind of pluck his own guy. Maybe it's a day three quarterback in the NFL draft. Maybe it's a veteran for the the veteran minimum. It's probably not, they're, they're not going to spend a lot on a backup quarterback because Kyle Shanahan said so. And I just, I mean, I'm going to take him at that word. Yeah. Um, Javon Kinlaw had surgery to repair a knee injury. He tweeted, or he didn't tweet this. He put on his Instagram a picture of him, right? (laughs) A picture of him in a wheelchair. And naturally, you know, people are going to freak out. Oh my God, Kinlaw. And the takes are always so extreme, so baseless. It just Uh, goes to the extreme. Like, oh my God, they just drafted another player that's like never going to play again. Yeah, they they think that, or some of the fans are tweeting that the 49ers drafted another injury-prone player, even though this is just like a regular routine cleanup that I would imagine, you know, 15 to 20% of the league do after they're done with the season. So nothing to take away from that, but there was a little bit of shock factor seeing a very large man in a wheelchair with his knee wrapped up. Um, The athletics, Matt Barrow said from a team spokesman that Kinlaw will be back and he will be a full participant by the, by the time the 49ers offseason program begins in the spring. So nothing to worry about, about Kinlaw, no worries there. All right. So Moving on, we have some rumors to talk about, and one of them comes via Albert Breer, who said Jimmy Garoppolo 
was thrown into some trade talks with DeForest Buckner. He was talking about the Colts and, you know, replacing a quarterback. And he's actually talking about Matt Stafford. And then he said, in Rivers, after taking a shot with Jacoby Brissett in 2019, and that was after Jimmy Garoppolo's name briefly came up in DeForest Bruckner trade talks with San Francisco. So right there, that tells you one party tried to include their quarterback in a trade talk. And instantly people were like, no, they didn't try to trade him. They didn't try to get rid of him. I don't, maybe I'm just not reading that correctly. When you read what Breer said, how do you take that? So if you just read what he says, regardless of what side of the Jimmy Garoppolo argument you stand on, right? There's, there's two possible things. A, the Colts asked um, and the Niners said no, but like, why would the Colts ask for what they think is a starting quarterback you know, you just don't call up and ask Seattle, hey, is Russell Wilson available for right. trade? <laughs> right. Or the other possibility, which is what I think happened, the Niners, you know, John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, tried to package Jimmy Garoppolo and DeForest Buckner and send him to Indy, you know, to try to recoup proper value. And then they would have turned around and then signed Tom Brady. And, and I was trying, I went back because this was back in like March to try to put together the timeline. So, at this, at this point, Indianapolis doesn't have a quarterback, right? They Phillip Rivers had not signed. The 49ers are flirting with Tom Brady. Tom Brady said he's not coming back to New England, but he hasn't picked Tampa Bay. So these are like the characters at play. DeForest Buckner hasn't been traded. DeForest Buckner gets traded, right? I, I think it was like March 16th. Then immediately the next day, Phillip Rivers picks the Colts. Tom Brady picks the Bucks. Jimmy Garoppolo's with the Niners. And it's all just kind of said and done. So just given the situation, your natural intuition should be that the 49ers said, Hey, what, you know, if we included Garoppolo in this deal, what would you give us back? And, you know, maybe the Colts said, no, we don't want Garoppolo. Maybe they said, you know, we won't give you more than a certain round pick. And they couldn't agree on the value basically. And the Niners said, okay, never mind." And they just kept Garoppolo and they just moved on. So, you know, there's this alternate universe where the 49ers could have had Tom Brady and Jimmy Garoppolo could have been an Indianapolis Colt. And all Breer did was drop this like line all the way at the bottom of his MMQB. So it was interesting. That was my takeaway. What do you think? No. And I, and I agree. I think that it's based on everything that's been leaking out over the past year. It's no secret that the team's been trying to move on from Jimmy. And this is, this is not, you know, as you said, it doesn't, you don't have to be on one side of the coin or the other. This is just putting the information together, piecing everything that we have, reading between the lines, watching how the quarterback's being treated during the games. And it kind of tells you that it's no secret. The head coach has been frustrated and continues to be frustrated with the current quarterback. He knows that Jimmy has to play. Jimmy hasn't played. And that's why they've probably been trying to move on from that to, to get a quarterback who can stay on the field. And that's before we get into what he brings to the table as an offense or what he brings to the offense, just as far as raising their ceiling and whatnot. So, yeah, I, I just don't think it's that big of a deal to uh, just, <laughs> just to admit yeah. it. It's not, it's yeah. not, yep. Does not make you any worse of a fan. Yeah. Um, just it, that's, how it's been so that wasn't the only thing involved with Jimmy Garoppolo on Tuesday so Mike Lombardi of the Athletics said and he, he was talking about every team that 
might be in on these quarterback bidding wars. So Mike Lombardi said the 49ers must play this well, play this as well. They have a high price marginal asset in Jimmy Garoppolo, who many in the NFL might not view as a bona fide starter, which diminishes value. One team, the Patriots, will be very involved with every quarterback. So he didn't have to bring up the Patriots there. So he's probably getting that info from the Patriots. That would make sense. Uh, to say that Jim Garoppolo is not a bona fide starter is not fair because he is a starter in this league. And I don't think anybody in the league thinks otherwise. We've seen the current quarterbacks starting in the NFL. There are not 32 quarterbacks better than Jimmy Garoppolo. So uh, that was a bit far, which makes it seem like he's driving down Jimmy's trade value. What do you feel about that? Yeah, especially at this point in the offseason, before, you know, fans freak out at everything that's written or everything that's said, you got to take a step back and figure out, like, who's saying it, who, you know, what teams they're typically connected to, like, why they're leaking it. You know, information just does not get out to the media at this point in the season unless someone wants it to get out. And so, you know, Mike Lombardi, he, he's a longtime Belichick guy. He's, you know, spent time in New England. I read his book last season. Uh, he's a huge Belichick guy. After I, He actually spent some time with the Niners back during like the Walsh days. So it makes sense that he's getting this information and he's only trying to drive Jimmy Garoppolo's value down uh, for the Patriots, right? Uh, nobody, like you, no, that, like you said, uh, it thinks that Jimmy Garoppolo isn't a starter in the NFL. Like that's not our argument. We think he's a legitimate starting quarterback, just not one that I'd want for my team. <laughs> But um, yeah, so yeah, I, I just thought of like the the GIF. I think you've tweeted this. It's like just dudes carrying like buckets of water. It, it's just water carrying. Is all. <laughs> yeah. And you know why is Belichick telling Lombardi this? Well, let's step back here. So the, you know Stafford wants out. Maybe Watson wants out. The 49ers have to figure out what Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get them back on the trade market, right? Cause that'll be right. an asset. Maybe they can move or they have to figure out, okay, if we give up our own first round picks, like what are we going to get back for Garoppolo? And so they probably called old Billy Bel Bill Belichick. They asked him, Hey, if we were to trade you Garoppolo, what would you give back? He probably hung up the phone. Right. <laughs> so yeah, th this isn't like some thing where Bill Belichick's calling Niners or nothing like that. I'm pretty sure the 49ers are trying to, you know, figure out what Garoppolo would get. And uh, someone's just trying to drive his value down so that they can get him on the cheap. Belichick is the master of that. So that was just my two cents on it. We, we talked about yeah. this before we hit record. Do you think there's someone that trades for him? Or do you think the 49ers have to like cut him? I think he's going to get cut just because teams know. His contract is a big reason why. It is. There's no reason to trade for his contract when the team is trying to, is not openly, but it's pretty evident that they're trying, they're going to move on from him. So Vegas knows, and I always stand by that. Vegas knows Stafford's current odds are plus 300 to come to the 49ers. That is very, very good. It's the highest. And right? yeah, it's the highest. It's tied with the Colts for the highest. So yeah. the odds of Stafford coming to, like in their opinion, are probably 40%, which is very, very high, especially with where we are right now. And that's going to change. So plus 300 as of January 25th. And I imagine, you know, maybe in a month from now, it might even be lower. So who knows? But anyway, I just, they, with everything that's gone on with all the quarterback rumors, it's just hard for a team, I imagine, to pull the trigger on a trade that would involve Jimmy. And, you know, there's always going to be rumors and, you know, there's whispers about the trades that are going down. And 
I just don't know why why the team just they don't have to. They know they can get Jimmy two days later after the trade is announced when they cut him. So um, I don't think he's traded, but. You know, and that's another thing. When we're talking about Jimmy, I want to make it clear that I'm not rooting against him. Like, I want him to do well. And I hope that even if he comes back to the 49ers next year and they draft another quarterback, hopefully Jimmy balls out and they win the Super Bowl. Like, I don't – that doesn't bother me at all. I don't – I just want to see some good football. But he has to be on the field. And that's, again, what it always comes down to. And it, it always comes back to – and that's probably why he's not going to get traded because of his contract. So – the 49ers hired Daryl Tapp. We talked about him a little bit last Wednesday, but it became official. I believe it was on Monday. So the 49ers have another wide nine advocate. And they also hired Betcher, who was a former defensive coordinator for both the Giants and the Cardinals. He is going to play a defensive senior role assistant, which you have that defensive coordinator experience. Ryan's has, you know, he, he's never called plays. He's, he, he's been around the team but he doesn't have that same coordinator experience. So I imagine having a guy who's been in the league and had success with Arizona in the division is going to be a big, you know, a big get for the 49ers. How do you feel about some of these signings between Betcher and Tap? Yeah. So we'll start with James Betcher. Uh, first thing, he was actually really good in Arizona. I like forgot how good of a job he did. And then I went back and I looked at the DVOA. They were second, second and third in his three years with Arizona between 2015 and 2017 uh, under Bruce Arians and then it fell fell all the way down to 25th and 28th with the Giants uh, these last two years and hence he got fired but I think more it was personnel related I think with with New York but he had some good talent in Arizona and he was able to put together a pretty good defense um, and he just gives some variety in the room uh, you know D'Amico Ryan's very familiar with what Robert Sala has been doing um, and now you bring in more of an outside influence and it'll allow the defense to evolve, I think, and add different wrinkles, which is always a good thing. Uh, the other point that I thought was cool about Betcher, and this was one of the guys you really liked, uh, Hassan Reddick as yeah. a, a free agent addition. Betcher was a defensive coordinator when Reddick was drafted in Arizona. So I wonder if there's some connection there. Maybe you can convince him to come or whatever. Uh, then Daryl Tapp. And again, it, as many former players as you can add to a coaching staff, I think it's pretty good because their relatability with players um, on the roster is high. And I think players just respect former players when they're being coached. So uh, I like that move. And, and it's something if Kacarek were to leave one day, maybe Tap then takes that role. But yeah, I think two good hires on the defensive side. And uh, Shanahan just continues to put together a well-rounded staff, in my opinion. Yeah, building a pipeline. I love it. And hopefully that continues. And hopefully Ryan's is a head coach soon enough. And that pipeline continues to grow and grow and grow. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to talk about our next season plan that we put together. All right. So the first offseason plan, we had Jimmy Garoppolo coming back. We had the 49ers signing or drafting Trey Lance in the first round. There weren't too many big name free agents, and that's because – Trent Williams took up a lot of that money. In this scenario, we are going to change it up a bit. There were no trades last time. This time there will be trades, and that starts with Matt Stafford. So the 49ers, hypothetically, traded number 12 overall, which is not popular in among 49ers Twitter. I don't know if you are aware of this. And I'm having them trade both third-round comp picks, and I feel like that would be enough. Hopefully that is enough. Uh, what, what, how do you feel about, and, and everybody's talked about this, so I just want your opinion. 
Is Stafford worth number 12? First off, I saw some wild things yesterday that Matt Stafford isn't even an upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo. A couple beat writers said yeah, that. That was a name thing. names, but I saw that. I asked. I was like, name them. It's okay. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Friends of the pod. Friends of the pod. We love them. But there we go. Yeah. You know, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. I was genuinely curious why. Like, is it the cost that it'll take to acquire Matt Stafford? Or do you just think Jimmy Garoppolo is a better player than Matt Stafford? Uh, Which I don't think is true, um, depending on whatever metric you want to use. But, you know, I think it's going to take more than pick 12. And um, I was listening to a couple people and it sounds like it's going to take you know, a first round pick and something else to be able to acquire Matt Safford. And a lot of people think that's too much. I do not. I think if you give up 12 and you give up, you know, the third round comp picks, like you suggested, I think that's pretty fair value. What I wouldn't do is like multiple first round picks, like, you know, the 2021 first and the 2022nd first. I think that's a little too much, but if it's like a first and a couple thirds, like I, I would do that in a heartbeat. Yeah. And, and those comp picks, you didn't have those two weeks ago. So it's not like you're really losing anything. You're just trading a first round pick. So as far as the Stafford and Garoppolo upgrade, I feel like we are, we are missing a big part of what Kyle Shanahan's offense was in Atlanta. So my pal Seth Galina covered this on PFF. So he wrote that Stafford is actually the best, the best landing spot for, uh, for the 49ers, like they should acquire him. Here's what he said. Speaking of Kyle Shanahan's offense, a mouthwatering fit would be for them to get a hold of Matthew Safford this offseason. Shanahan has created a really good offenses in San Francisco out of mostly spare parts at quarterback. And while Stafford is not mint condition signal caller he once was, he is still an upgrade. With Stafford, the 49ers offense can work more parts of the field. In fact, last time Shanahan had a quarterback who could throw anywhere on the field, Matt Ryan in 2016, His unit led the league in many offensive categories. San Francisco ranks dead last in percentage of throws over 20 yards during 2019 and 2020 seasons. Only 7.3% of their throws were targeted downfield. That changes in a heartbeat with Stafford. Could not agree anymore. Like that is the big, I think people are missing what made the Falcons so good. The Falcons weren't this amazing rushing team. They were spraying it all over the field. That's like, Kyle Shanahan has this reputation of being this running play caller. Uh, No, watch 2016. He wanted to open it up. He wanted to let it fly. And I feel like that's what he wants to do. And if we were to, or if the 49ers were to acquire Stafford, I could see him really, really opening up the offense because you have to remember, he picked Debo Samuel. He picked Brandon Ayuk. He has an ego out of this world and he wants to show people how good these players are. So yeah, I can only imagine uh, the offense, the next level that it will go. Um, so that's that was my take on Stafford being an upgrade. But that's not the only part. That's the key part of this offseason plan. But that's not the only one. So with trading for Stafford, I have them restructuring his deal and creating more money. And I think that is pivotal. And that is a big reason why he makes a lot of sense and maybe the most sense. I don't think that he would have any issue, you know, pushing money into future years or they can just rework his entire deal if they want to. So that would allow them in my hypothetical scenario to keep Trent Williams, keep Jason Verrett, and they're going to sign a couple other mid-level veterans. But it also allows them to sign a guy like maybe Hassan Reddick, as we mentioned, maybe Alex Mack, who is 36 and who's not going to command the same price that people think he's going to. The other guys that I had them that were notable, Cordell Patterson, because the 49ers special teams, not good and hasn't been good for a long, long time. Cordell Patterson, 
is the best kick returner in the NFL, has led the league in kick returner yardage. He's also he also been like a mini running back for the Bears. And I imagine if anybody knows how to use Cordell Patterson, it would be Kyle Shanahan, because I think that they probably would have done some things with Tavon Austin as well if he were healthy. So I have Cordell Patterson, Alex Mack, Hassan Reddick, Everson Griffin, who's, you know, veteran minimum edge rusher. Um, they need a guy like Ronald Blair. And Austin Johnson is going to take DJ Jones' spot. Losing K1 Williams is going to suck, would suck if that happens. I have them signing PJ Williams, who is not an upgrade. And there's no reason to pretend like he is. He's not the same type type of player as K1. But you're not going to find the same type of player as K1 in the market. So any names stick out to you? What are your comments from there? Uh, you lost me after Matt Stafford. I mean, that's all you needed to tell me. Right. right we're good. <laughs> that's it. Um, yeah. Cause if you get that caliber of a quarterback, that caliber of quarterback is going to elevate guys like a 36 year old Alex Mack or, you know, some other, you know, bargains that you have to have around the roster. Right. That's, that's the whole point of the sport. So, um, yeah, you, you sold me after that. I, I really like the Cordero Patterson thing that has, that really hasn't been kicked around and, um, he could be like a Jalen Hurd light, maybe someone that Kyle Shanahan really moves around like a chess piece on offense. And then he's used in special teams because their special teams suck. Even if Richie James disagrees, he had something to say about it on Instagram earlier this week. Uh, that our spe- that the, the 49ers special teams? What do you say? I, I missed that. Oh, really? He posted a clip of him returning a touchdown, and they were like, see, this can happen. And oh. it was from like 2018 <laughs> or something like that. And- time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. So – he posted a clip of him returning one touchdown in 2018, right? Something like that, yeah. Did he post the muffed fumbles from this season? No, he did not. <laughs> no, that didn't come up, huh? Weird. I wonder why. I wonder did he why. post um, the times where he either let the ball bounce and the 49ers lost 15 yards in field position? Did that not come up? Of course not. Interesting. Um yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but we can't cherry pick like that. Not from two years ago. Nope, not how this works. Not doing that. That was some 49ers Twitter level. Like, uh, it was. <laughs> but Respect, yeah. so props to him. Pro- props to him, props to him. But yes, Patterson would be a significant upgrade. That was probably my favorite addition. And then Reddick, I think, too, like we hit on earlier. So you brought up Jalen Hurd, and that is – part of the gamble that in this hypothetical the 49ers are going to take they uh Kendrick Bourne does not come back Kyle does not come back so they're going to have to play replace two guys that do have a strong identity on this offense and played a big part a big role for what they did the past few seasons uh Jalen Hurd has to stay healthy he is the wide receiver three in this scenario and not sure who the punt returner would be in my mind it's Brandon Ayuk so I don't know why we're having this conversation but I don't know if they want to make him that full-time guy. So uh, other than that, let me see what else. I don't think I missed anybody else. Uh, Juice leaving. So they did have Tart coming back, but that'd be like a minimum uh, for a minimum deal. As far as who gets drafted, don't have a first-round pick, so don't really need to worry about that. I think it is time, if they do keep their second round, to draft a freaking cornerback. Do you know when the last time that they've drafted a cornerback is? Drafted? Sorry, sorry, sorry. I did not phrase that correctly. When is the last time they invested a value pick, so a first or second round pick on a cornerback? Trivia question on the spot right now. Does Jimmy Ward count as a corner? Because technically, was he a corner? He played safety in the senior bowl. So, no, I am not giving you that. I have no clue. So, it was Mike Rump because Mike Rump was a cornerback in college, but – 
What year? He was, was moved to safety, so you do not get credit for that, Rob. So sorry about that. Well, you have to go back. That was in 2000, the 2002 or 2003 okay, draft, I believe. That does not count. <laughs> that does not count. Well, you need to grow up. That's what you need to do. Uh, <laughs> the answer is Ahmad Plummer, Rob. Ahmad Plummer is the last time the 49ers drafted a cornerback in the first or second round. Ahmad Plummer. Hashtag and organizational go- philosophy. We just don't draft corner side. That's what they're saying. Knowing where the league was trending, you would think that you just accidentally stumble upon a cornerback in the first two rounds over the last 21 seasons. That's how long it's been. 2000 is when Ahmad Plummer was drafted, man. That's nuts to me. I, you, I just, it's one of the most pre, like the three, four most, uh, most important positions in the NFL. So, whoo wee. That was a surprise when I was looking that up. So I think it's time, man. And there's going to be, they're going to have some options there. And we, I haven't watched every cornerback to know. Uh, I'm sure they're going to be scouting the senior bowl pretty heavily because they do every year, but second round cornerback don't have a first round. And if it does get to, as far as the Stafford trade or whoever trade goes before, like I'll, I want to end on this or make sure I get this in trade a future pick and not this year's pick, because if you acquire Stafford, that future pick is going to be in the later parts of the round. It's not going to be in the top 15. So hopefully the 49ers and the organization does that. Uh, Kosh, anything else you'd like to add there? No, you head on the senior bowl. I think the senior bowls this week, obviously a little different given, uh, you know, COVID situation, but I think it's still going on. So definitely pay attention. Lots of prospects are there in mobile Alabama. Um, and yeah, just keep your, keep your head on a swivel. Matt Stafford may be traded at any moment. Deshaun Watson may be traded at any moment. It, it's what it's, it's the time of the year where you got to keep your phone close because anything can break at any moment. And it's the best time, especially when the 49ers are in the mix for all these guys. Are, are we waiting on a domino to drop? Like once we hear Watson traded, will then we hear Stafford and we'll hear Rogers movement and everybody else. Like who's going to be that first domino to drop? Is it going to be Stafford? I think it's going to be Watson because he's the better player. So I imagine if Watson legitimately wants out and he formalizes his trade request, which it feels like he's going to do, he's going to be the first domino to fall because he's the big fish that everyone's chasing. Right. So let's uh, let's make some predictions. Where, where, where does Deshaun Watson play in 2021? Selfishly. Can I say San Francisco? <laughs> it's not a prediction. That's what I'd like Ob- to happen. Cause I objectively love Watson objectively where does Matt or where does Deshaun Watson play uh I'm gonna say he goes to Miami I will say the Jets objectively where does Matt Stafford play uh the Colts I will say the 49ers objectively where does Jimmy Garoppolo play next year 49ers Ooh, I will say the Bears um defenders (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I have no idea what's going to happen, by the way, but, you know, the whole hometown connection. So I will say uh, Zach Wilson goes to the Texans. Justin Fields is on the Lions and da, 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 Trey Lance is on the Falcons. Where are those three going to be? Uh, Trey Lance is on the 49ers because I think Jimmy Garoppolo is on the, the, the 49ers. And then I guess Fields to Lions and Wilson to the Texans, just like you did. Cool. All right. That's going to do it for us. Thank you for listening. We will be back maybe sooner than later if one of these dominoes do drop. 
thank you as always for listening. Please rate, subscribe, review on iTunes, five star. Let us know what you think. Go Niners.